Get ready to be inspired by the great things happening in rural education. The Rural Scoop will bring you new ideas and innovative solutions, will dive into education issues, and will highlight what's working in your rural communities. You will hear from a variety of educators, administrators, professionals, and others who will provide relevant and engaging content in each episode. And now, serving up the scoop, here's your host, Dr. Melissa Sadorf. Welcome back, Rural School listeners, for another episode in our series of Stories from the Rural Schoolhouse. Today, I have the pleasure of talking with Helio Brazil, superintendent of the Keys Union School District, located in Keys, California. He will be giving us some stories from his rural schoolhouses that he's worked in in the last year, and I'm looking forward to hearing about his experiences and learning about the challenges and successes for the students in his district. Helio, are you ready to give us the scoop? I am indeed. Good. Thank you for for having me. Great. Well, first, before we get started, tell us about you and introduce us to your school community. Certainly. Well, to give you a little bit of background as to how I have come into public education, I was actually um, a uh, first language learner uh, uh, into this country. I was, uh, as an immigrant, uh, my mother moved to the United States in 1978. I was nine years old, um, was uh, obviously began my um, education in California. My grandparents, I had a dairy business and after the death of my father in the Azores where we immigrated from, um, she wanted to be near her her parents, obviously, and my grandparents. So I knew that uh, milking cows was definitely not for me. <laughs> and I knew that my only way out of it was through education. And so I absolutely loved going to school. I thought it was amazing. Um, you know, you, you were fed, you were cared for, you were nurtured. Um, and I was challenged by having to learn a language that I had absolutely no clue um, and and didn't have a full understanding of the mechanics as, as most English language learners do not. It, it is a tough language and complex to learn. So that is, I had then chose kind of, uh, as I went on in, in my career, I chose to look at pharmacy. Pharmacy was something that I loved um, and quickly found out that it was much more of um, kind of going back and forth with insurance companies and, and trying to get things that should be covered that weren't. And there was very little interaction with human beings, to be very honest. Yeah. Uh, now I think some things have changed and there is much more consultation, but that that time there was not. So in, in going to pharmacy school, and uh, I started to substitute and absolutely loved substituting. I thought it was, and it really made me think, am I in the right profession? And so when um, I had a little bit of time to kind of look over and, and think about it, I was offered a position um, at, on an emergency credential. And I took it and I have, um, I am very thankful that I did so. And looking back now, I am appreciative of everything I have uh, been able to, uh, all of the individuals I've worked with, all of the students that have made a huge impact in my life yeah. and just the opportunity to give back. So now as a modern day uh, or current day superintendent in Keys, I have a very small district. Um, it is about 650 uh, 
I'm sorry, 750 students in our traditional TK through eight school district. And then we have a charter school of about 350 students that is a TK through 12th grade. Um, and this is my fourth year here. I've served as uh, president of Small School Districts Association. Uh, I've also served as the chair of the Committee on Teacher Credentialing, where we um, hold uh, hearings uh, and look at teacher misconduct. Um, but my passion is in smalls, and it, it really allows me to be connected to kids. I, I feel like I can, I'm on site, I, I, I know the students, I know the families, I know the community, um, and, and I truly love what, what I do. What has the past year been like for you individually, for your schools, and then also for the Keys community? Well, uh, the past year has truly been uh, very trying uh, for me as a leader, uh, for me as an individual person, uh, for my students, however, uh, has been the toughest to see, uh, staff, uh, parents. Um, it was the constant uncertainty and um, the not knowing of when we would reopen, how would we reopen. Uh, so as an administrator, I was overwhelmed. Um, and I understood why parents and students were, um, you know, Zoom became the norm. And that was something that was very far from my need to connect with people on a daily basis and have those interactions that are alive. So uh, I, I think then looking at the political uh, fallout from it, all, all of it, uh, the daily legislative and local government and public health directives, um, they often we implemented uh, uh, specific uh, action and three minutes later, it, it seriously had already changed. Um, I think the also the, the constant bombardment of, of some parent complaints mm. about Zoom, slow internet, uh, Chromebooks not working and the need for hotspots because we had uh, we're in an area that you would think we would have great internet access, but we we do not in some of the the rural smaller uh, locations. It's it's still very spotty and it's limited to one provider, so that's been was tough. Um, and then the inconsistency uh, among staff and the inequity in learning and instruction, um, they were so evident. And, and as a leader, when you look at that and you kind of feel helpless as to how to address it, um, it could be a little bit uh, uh, disheartening. Um, so the, the, you know, coming up with a plan almost every week, it seemed to how we were going to reopen, having the county public health look at it and, and send it back again. <laughs> It, it was truly um, it was was a time of, of constant change. But I think the most difficult thing for me was that I knew that the mental health of our students, staff and parents were at levels never experienced before. You know, parents were not only losing their jobs, but they were uh, having to um, support their children as best as they could. And they were not trained to to be teachers and suddenly found themselves having to do exactly that to teach. Um, and that's a tough thing to do. Talk to me a little bit about your teachers. How how did they navigate the last year? Well, I think our teaching staff, we had done a great deal of, of going one to one. So we were very close. So that was not such a, a huge uh, uh, thing. But 
going one-to-one, what we had not fully been able to do was truly provide professional development to teachers on distance learning. It was just not something that we, um, to be honest, that we anticipated. We thought someday at some point, some of this, but but we kept thinking it's further down the road. And so on March uh, 17th, um, when we closed, um, our teachers were suddenly thrown <laughs> into a platform that they had no idea. Um, and it, 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 I think, again, for me as a leader to know that I'm I'm sending these individuals and and I know they're out there now on their own from home trying to make connections with kids. And I'm so limited as to what I can do to support it was really very frustrating. Um, I think one of the things we did learn was from our charter school, we we have an independent study charter. And so a lot of things were happening there that we had some staff that then were able to share with our regular uh, classroom teachers um, how they were engaging kids for for quite some time. Um, But again, it it was trying to get those that uh, weren't very comfortable with technology and all of a sudden that's all you had. that was really tough. And I think our teachers then being away from the classroom, not only not having materials to surround themselves with at first, also not really having control or the classroom management that that is needed. Um, You know, in person, it's so much easier. In in distance, they can choose to turn off their cameras. They could, you never knew what would happen in the background. Um, All of those things, I I think teachers were simply stressed. And and I could see that. And they shared. And I wanted them to do. One of the things we, we tried to do was provide opportunities to simply share. Uh, what's going well, what's not going well, and to then provide some resources um, as as we could um, and and could locate them in our county and and across the the other communities. So Helio, you noted that that move to a different platform was a challenge for your staff. What other challenges did you face, and how did you overcome those? I think one of the biggest challenges were was to get students engaged uh, online. Um, we had uh, hired a community resource person that was really to be a conduit between parents and, and the school sites. Um, and we didn't at any point envision that really they would be dealing more with attendance or, or, or student engagement. It was more to try and, and get parental engagement. So one of the ways that we did um, this was by having administrators in this individual schedule some home visits, of course, wearing protection and, and following the guidelines that were required at, or the, depending on our color um, code for COVID-19 uh, case numbers. Um, we made home visits and tried to to ask, what is it that you're missing? And if if some, the challenge was internet, then we tried to provide them with hotspots from one particular vendor that seemed to be more uh, effective in our area. Um, Sometimes it would be a Chromebook that didn't work, so we would bring them to them. Um, Other times it was was truly to, to share with them that students were still responsible for uh, for learning and that they needed to be online. Um, but it also then became, I think it was through these uh, types of visits and interactions that we realized that there was far more going on in the homes and that these kids' academics w- were a challenge 
but their social emotional needs were, were growing more uh, desperate by, by the day because we were finding to where parents uh, either had to be at work and couldn't be home to assure that students would get in log, uh, get, get online or, or log on. Um, and so that became a, a very big challenge. And one of the things we shared with our teachers was to be, I, I think, the need to be compassionate and to be flexible uh, because students were in a predicament they had never uh, found themselves in. And there were far bigger things or issues in their lives um, than at, at times logging on. Hmm. Do you have challenges now that you didn't have at the start of the pandemic? I think our, our biggest challenge is really those individuals who are of special needs, English language learners, students who would struggle on a normal uh, year. Um, the, the connections of uh, or the lack of one-on-one -on, uh, one -on -one instruction has really caused students to fall behind. We're noticing um, that our gaps are, 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 are great. Um, we have much work to do and we really need to. Um, I, I think the, the very first thing that we've asked and that we have focused on and asked teachers to do um, and to provide training for has been to address the social uh, emotional needs of students. Students will not be able to learn the academics or, or to fully engage in, and recover if those social emotional needs are not met. And so providing the adequate staff development and also supports for students um, has really been something that that is very clear. Uh, academics, without a doubt, there are gaps. But again, those have become the issues that we, we were already a fairly poor community um, and, and ha had needs prior. And I think this has only exacerbated the, uh, and then it's tough to find individuals to provide the services that we now uh, find ourselves in need of. Does the Keys community offer some of those resources for your families that you can tap into? We do. However, being a very small community, we rely really on county, uh, the county services to do mm -hmm. most of that. Um, so whether it be mental uh, health counseling, whether it be, um, you know, providing medical care, uh, all of that, we partner with our county programs and, and a number of um, uh, organizations in, in the community that, that are very supportive of doing so. Our biggest challenge, though, is finding trained individuals that now with all of this uh, stimulus funding, we can hire some of these supports, and, and uh, but it's finding people who are trained and able to take those positions. We're really finding a, a shortage. We did, however, um, increase our counseling services. We have a counselor at each of our of our schools. Um, we reached out to our community, um, Stanislaus State University here in Turlock and, and others in, in the neighboring counties to take on interns to provide services for our students and for our, uh, our staff. Um, so that's something that we've... Uh, that we've sought and were able to, to make those kinds of connections and provide some extra support. So Helio, we've all grown a lot this last year and have learned some lessons as we've gone along. Um, what are you planning on taking with you in terms of new learning as you, as you plan for the fall? 
I think as we plan for the fall, one of the biggest uh, uh, challenges is really how do we attack the gap in learning that is so evident for all of our students. But it's also focusing on obviously doing just the same old uh, thing that we did or, or following normal um, processes needs to be looked at. And it's trying to provide above and beyond what we would normally be able to provide in an academic year. So it's looking at opportunities for engagement before school, after school, perhaps um, even providing some instruction or some support or tutoring um, after hours when parents are home from work and can assure that the student will be in front of, of perhaps a, uh, an intervention Zoom class for an hour, whatever it may be. Looking at Saturday support or extension of, of, of a Saturday school and not for punishment of students, but perhaps for enrichment and for allowing them to um, join in activities of art, music, and, and um, extracurricular things such as sports, um, or, or again, even many hobbies that the kids have that perhaps those are the things we want to target. You mentioned that teachers were able to collaborate with each other and you were able to develop some of those skills as a result of tapping into your teacher leaders, which is a wonderful way to grow your, your staff together. How have you as a leader found yourself growing over the last year? Well, as an administrator, uh, in, the sense, in a sense, I realized how little I really was in control or could control. Um, I grew, I, I think, and continue to grow by taking it one day at a time. Um, you, you have to give yourself time to, I think, uh, at times, let things soak and, 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 um, and, and kind of have some time to, to meditate on some of it. Um, but I also grew by seeking support. I knew I wasn't alone, and I grew by uh, reaching out to staff and sharing with them and being honest and saying, I don't have the answers. And, and I sought out parents and, and, and tried to explain to them the, the lack of real local control in, in the sense of a pandemic um, and how tough that was for all of us. Um, I think uh, I, I do to understand the parents. I, I think students and staff. Um, I, I was better. I think I will be a better administrator as a result of really making those connections and understanding how much more there is than just academics to uh, supporting children and in 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 supporting communities. Um, and I think learning that the role of schools as we have uh, kind of engaged in the past perhaps needs to change and, and that this may be a, one of the, the silver linings in all of this may be for us to really change our schools to address the true needs of kids and our specific communities. And I think that that's a, a growth that um, came directly as, as a result of COVID-19 and, and, and this pandemic. And, and I think the, the ability to, to really hear out what people were struggling with um, and how we can then uh, grow to support them. You mentioned that you work with the Small Schools Association in California. 
Uh, and I understand that there was a lot of networking and collaboration that went on in that venue. Talk about those resources that you were able to tap into as a rural leader. Sure. Well, as as I shared before, my my career has been with small districts. I I have never worked for a larger uh, larger than eleven hundred students district. So. Um, Joining or being a part of SSDA, I had been for a number of years, but I found Small School Districts Association to be absolutely the key to getting through some of this. And it was my by having access to leaders in districts like mine who experienced things that I was experiencing from the perspective of smalls and of truly um, having the true picture of what's going on in your community. I think the larger a district leader, um, in, in larger districts, a, a leader has to kind of really work, I think, much harder in the sense of getting to know their community and to knowing, making personal connections where in smalls, I think it's very, or much easier, I should say, to, to connect with students and parents and to really know your community. And I think that was one of the biggest tools. I also um, was or took advantage of an awful lot of PD professional development that SSDA was able to put together in partnerships with whether it be universities or uh, even our state board of education. Um, th those things were, were were all possible for me uh, by my involvement in SSDA, and then I could pass them on to my uh, teachers and and to my staff uh, for their support. Also, it, it was it provides the advocacy voice that is needed when legislation is being passed and uh, and very quickly without sometimes the true repercussions being uh, uh, addressed prior to implementing. So that was a, a, a great benefit to know that uh, many times I was able to testify or to share my concerns with whatever piece of legislation it may have been, whether it be, um, you know, one-time funding versus long-term. Um, I, I think we, all of those are, are the kinds of things that smalls try to do is to understand and allow us to share our stories um, and that smalls truly are different. Um, small and rurals are, are, are a completely different world from, from the larger districts. Um, but I, I feel that we um, have some much more difficult uh, challenges as smalls, but we also have, I think, greatest thing to me are the opportunities to really know your students and community. That's very well said. So Helio, what are your plans for the upcoming year? You've mentioned that you want to ensure that you're filling those gaps and, and providing opportunities for interventions for students. What other things are you planning for as you look to reopen? Sure. Well, I think one of the most amazing things um, and kind of a, a, a true emotional uh, point was to enjoy the students and staff and parents in person. And although we're still limited, um, it's to see kids out on the playground, to walk out into a, onto a campus. And again, although restricted, by seeing um, and, and being able to feel their excitement and their sense of relief of being together and their need to be together, I, I think it it's brought I think a, a renewed optimism that was so very needed um, for all of us. Um, 
And I think the pandemic uh, will will end at some point. I, I'm certainly not uh, uh, an expert on in, in, in terms of knowing when exactly that will be, and we will leave that to political and medical experts to do so. But I, I'm just glad that kids have returned to learning. Um, I am very confident that my staff um, and our resources will be able to address and make up for learning loss. Um, I think kids are amazingly resilient mm -hmm. and they thrive in, in a social and economic, uh, uh, I'm sorry, not economic, but academic school environment. I, I Kids are, kids need to be around kids and kids need to be around adults that will focus um, on their needs and will focus on bringing out what is best in, in all of us. Uh, and so I, I think my focus will be to uh, on learning and bridging the, the learning losses, uh, losses um, and kind of asking my staff to take a deep breath and realize we have a great deal of healing to do with our students and community. Because right now, we really are kind of at a point where I think everybody's just trying to, to heal a little. And it, it's... I can see the differences day by day as we return to a, a little bit more of, of normals, whatever that may be. And I also look at how we can best serve students in the future with all of these opportunities with uh, funding that we have never uh, experienced in our lifetime. You know, we we were professionals who dealt with budget cuts. We we're always saying we don't have enough. And if we had, we would. Well, this has kind of opened up an opportunity for us to do some of those things that we said if we had, we would. Uh, but we also have to be smart about those things and assure that they are sustainable, that they truly are about kids. Um, and, and I think that that one-time money needs to be uh, well-invested uh, not only because it's our tax dollars, but I think we have a professional responsibility to not spend this foolishly either. Um, and I think if we continue to sustain and support students uh, with those funds, uh, I think we will see a far better um, educational community. Um, and I think education in this country may uh, turn a different uh, corner and, and truly become uh, better than, uh, than we have been. Helio, is there anything that I haven't asked that you'd like to share with our listeners? I think the only thing is to, to not lose faith uh, on kids um, and to dream. Uh, remember to dream because these are times that if we, if we look around, there is so much negative uh, going on in the world that it, it's important that we ask ourselves to dream and ask our kids to dream um, and, and to begin to have conversations about how those dreams may become reality. Um, I think that that's one of the keys to, to learning. Um, and I think the key to having a society that perhaps is more tolerant, more uh, engaged, um, and certainly better educated um, and, um, and better members uh, of society. Well, Helio, thanks for spending part of your day with me today. I really enjoyed learning what's going on in your community. Thank you. It has been an absolute pleasure. I, I thank you for your time and I wish everyone a, uh, a, a good end to this year and most certainly a, a great reopening and most of us will be August or September. So uh, 
and to be safe. member of the Podnuga Network.